Uh, enjoying a bullet rye uh, frontier whiskey uh, is uh, Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes. yes. Uh, Classing it up this week. Tink. Yeah. Hope the mics pick that up. Yeah, I know. A nice spike in the audio. <laughs> mm. I hate those. Yeah. I hate like seeing them come up and I have have to go in and like cut them down. Oh. Look at you being the pro. <sighs> it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I guess I suppose so. Yeah. It, like did you see that New York Times article? I did not. Uh there's a New York Times article where um he for one he rambles incoherently. I feel like they published that or that that interview with Trump uh, verbatim. Right, oh, shit. and like the the stuff that he rambles on about, he it has to be heard to be believed. Like it, it makes absolutely no sense. He's definitely in that Sarah Palin land of like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying random words, you know. Oh, shit. <clears throat> and then one of the things that I feel like a lot of um, news outlets are picking up are is the fact that he's. He says that he lost a lot of money at this. Like they ask him about what he, what is the presidency like? Something akin to that. God, why are they asking him these fucking? Well, <laughs> because it's the New York Times, the failing New York Times. Oh, okay. As you know, um, <laughs> they. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I forget who it was that coined that phrase. Some idiot. Um, <laughs> but he, he more or less told the New York Times that. Uh, the presidency, he's lost so much money being president and that the position is one of the biggest losers in history. So, um, (laughs) to say that that wasn't the least presidential uh, thing that he's done so far, let's face it, he could do so much worse and he probably will by the time this airs. Oh my God. Uh, So... Imagine being, imagine saying that about your job in one of the most high, highly publicized uh, newspaper entities in the world. Like, I mean, imagine if we just talk shit about Radio Free Brooklyn to like the, the Washington Post, <laughs> right, 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 you right, know, right. and like fucking Tom Teeny's off, you know, sitting somewhere, you know, having a latte because I assume that's what he has. <laughs> And, you know, he sees us, you know, yeah, like yeah, two yeah. jackasses like, oh, fucking Radio Free Brooklyn. They, you know, they don't even like uh, give us comp yeah. a- avocado toast or whatever, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> just spits it out. Poof. What are these two idiots talking about? You know, <laughs> pretty sure they're running prostitution ring for, you know, uh, emus. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Robert Pritchard talk about it. They're mm-hmm. just like. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> How do we let these two assholes on the air? Now, uh, we love you guys. Yes, we and- do. <laughs> Hi, Radio Free Brooklyn. We love you all out there in Radio Free Brooklyn land. Uh, so. Dude, what's up with your hair? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> it's like it's all like smushed off to the side. Oh, because like, you did know. You, did you not sleep? I did. I slept uh, like superfluously because <laughs> um. <laughs> your hair your hair from back when i first met you 
Your hair has always done right. something like weird when you don't sleep well. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's I like... slept really well, actually, for the first time in a long time. Oh, okay. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Ooh. Oh no. Now it looks. Now it's, it's more back to normal. Yeah. All right. Nice. Quaffed it a bit. Yeah, I quaffed it up. I need the pompadour. I really need to rock it. <laughs> <laughs> and like it messes up with the dreadlocks and the uh, oh my god and the pigtails and the <laughs> the words number one badass next to the you know the Nike logo shaved into the oh side Jesus of my head. Christ uh. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna go over to get that hairstyle done at the spot which yes. is a few blocks yes, away from yes exactly <laughs> all right. Calling out local businesses. That's right. The spot. We uh, we support local business. You walk in, they're just like, what do you want? It's like, I want to look like, um, did you ever read uh, those comics when Marvel and DC got together and just made like other superheroes? That, oh, amalgam that, comics. Amalgam <laughs> comics that nobody really likes or remembers. And he's just like, say no more. <laughs> uh, give me the Rob Liefeld. Uh, Karen. <laughs> They're like, do you want Shatterstar or do you want Captain America? Because you're going to have to get implants for that. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> what he, what? Also, I'm so going to have to cut off your feet. What? I, <laughs> take that, Liefeld. <laughs> yeah, what Liefeld did to Captain America on that cover, man, was ridiculous. Rough. It was... I don't understand how that got published. Like, it was... Wow. That is definitely a um, a bosom that I can salute, and I'll you be like, "God bless America, Jesus. land uh, of the free." It's somebody actually did a Photoshop. They took uh, Chris Evanson's Chris Evanson's Chris Evans <laughs> photo. Uh, you know that shot when he first emerges from the chamber after getting the super soldier serum and getting transformed. Yes, in the movie? yes, yes. So they took that shot. And they photoshopped it so that the proportions match what Rob Liefeld did in that drawing. <laughs> and it looked absolutely horrific. It was it was something out of a nightmare. If you saw somebody walking down the street looking like this, you'd be like, oh, my God. They're on the verge of dying or exploding. In Remember front of- a few years back, like this guy had like uh, like silicone injected into mm. his biceps. And yeah. he, didn't he explode? Yeah, he um one of his biceps uh popped. Popped. Yeah. Basically. But he looked like Liefeld era like superhero. Pretty much. I mean, look, almost all superheroes the way they're drawn are like ridic are proportioned ridiculously, but Rob Liefeld took it to a place where it was just I'm sorry to say and like, you know, it's not like I have his level of skill anyway, but it was just bad drawing, you know. It was yeah. Like, it was a level of like am- anatomical inaccuracy that was just like, all right. That's the thing. He only, pull it in. Yeah. He only needed a little bit of finessing when it came to the muscles on muscles, you know, <laughs> aesthetic. Um, but I don't know. I guess he decided to compensate by just giving everybody tons and tons of pouches. Yes. yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Deadpool. At one point, I felt like Deadpool was going to collapse under the weight of his own like pouches. <laughs> Like, he had so many, like, so much storage for fucking bullets. Like, and gotta carry bullets, gotta carry pills, <laughs> chimichangas, chimichangas, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So, yes. So, apparently, this is the shitting on Rob <laughs> Liefeld episode. We know is you guys that, have been asking for it. <laughs> is that your Deadpool? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was my Deadpool. 
there's a weird affectation to your Deadpool. Well, because I, I gave Deadpool a little bit of a lift. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he would do that. Yeah. He would. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. I think, you know, uh, before the show started, I was uh, regaling Pablo and Sabrina, telling them that I've been catching up on the last two seasons of House of Cards. And there were a lot of moments where I just start thinking about Deadpool with all the fourth wall breaking that happens with uh, uh, with the two main Frank Underwood and yeah and, and Carrie Underwood yeah, yeah. Carrie Underwood <laughs> Carrie Underwood that's her name right no what's her name um, Susan no. <laughs> Carrie Underwood is that country singer Becky no <laughs> why can't I remember her name now Claire 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 Carrie. Underwood. <laughs> It's a hard C. Yeah, you know, so. true, true. Oh, but, geez, yeah. Yeah, so... A lot of people see her as a hard C on uh, that show. That's Oops. not what I meant. Ooh, <laughs> you can direct all text messages and tweets to Pablo <laughs> Morale Martinez. Oh, come on. That's a joke that they actually make on the show. I mean, I'm not... Uh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, but, but still, yeah, rain but, your hate on me, America. <laughs> he feeds on it. I feed on it. Um but yeah, every time they break the fourth wall, now I just think of Deadpool and like him walking into the scene. Thanks, buddy. No problem. Hold on. Yeah. No, I, it would be fun. a problem. It would, <laughs> it would be funny if Deadpool just showed up in the background and be like, hey, <laughs> what you, who are you talking to? <laughs> you guys are assholes, just so you know. <laughs> and then he just shoots under Frank Underwood in mm. the face. It's like, I know things about you that make it so that you shouldn't be alive. <laughs> it starts off like, a, 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 it just tur- kicks off the Deadpool, like, Netflix cinematic <laughs> universe. Which would be dope, um, House, now that I think about it. House of Deadpool. You know. House it, of Deadpool. <laughs> it's so funny that you, that you, that phrase before that you just said, the Netflix cinematic universe. Because I was just thinking to myself today that with all the properties that Netflix has developed over the past several years, they could do if they just, you know, lost their minds, they could do like crossover after crossover. It's just like the, the kids from stranger things just wander into fucking house of cards, which then goes into black mirror. Yeah. You know, all that shit. Oh, that's so weird. That's too weird. That's way too weird. Might be too weird. But one thing that I think might work, um, I was thinking that there should be a Saturday morning cartoon cinematic universe where like Thundercats and the Ninja Turtles and the Bionic Six and uh, like the Bionic Six and the Transformers. I got to say the Bi- I'm all over the place today. The yeah, Bionic Six. <laughs> you, you really are. It's like I kind of love it. <laughs> The Bionic, I was listening to their theme song again yesterday, and I got to say, one of the best composed theme songs yes. ever. It, like, it makes you, it, it's like you're ready to jump into wholesome action. Yes. Where superpowered human beings might possibly be killing uh, supervillains, you know, off camera. What? You don't have Bionics just to catch people. You're, oh, true. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a murdering family. Yeah, you, you, know? s- you snap people's necks. Yeah. But... Bionic, Bionic Six. But it ooh ooh. <laughs> we stand together. We fight for right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know all the lyrics. Me neither. Like all I can think about is like the Pokemon theme because I. I, <laughs> I feel like I, I used to like sing that softly to myself. <laughs> but it was. I will wander across the 
you got to get yourself out of bed somehow, you know. But that cartoon was super oh, progressive too. To understand the power that's inside. Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> In a world we must defend. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough. We gotta stop. All righty. All right. But Bionic Six was like kind of progressive too because they were there was. Like, I think all the kids were adopted. Were there, they? There was, well, there were two blonde kids, a boy and a girl. There was a black kid, and there was an Asian kid, and there was a monkey robot. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, okay. you know, in case. Right. Just in case. That's good. It's always good to have that around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then that monkey robot evolved into that whistling, weird monkey robot that they had on Silverhawks. Oh, my God. Silverhawks is just Bionic 6 and. Like after a post-apocalypse is wiped out Earth. <laughs> I loved Silverhawks, even though it's somewhat ridiculous. It's just yeah. like we're just going to coat people in silver and they're going to fly, quote unquote, fly through, through space, space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where there's no air. <laughs> Do they have wings? Of course oh, they, of have course wings. they have they're wings. They're silver hawks, <laughs> <laughs> not silver penguins, you know. But... um my favorite part was when they would like put the uh, their face masks on. It was just because they would just like wave their hand in front of their face real quick, and it would like it would just like it beyond Star Trek, just yeah. a face mask would just appear, <laughs> and they'd be able to breathe in space because yeah, you right. know you know there's no air in space. You got exactly while they're flying through space, they have to be able to breathe. So <laughs> I'm fighting myself not to make any Simpsons references this week. Because of the amount of Simpsons references <laughs> I used last week. Why fight it, man? Why fight <sighs> it? Because every time you were just like, there's no air in space. <laughs> and I'm in my Homer voice, so I just keep thinking, there's an air in space museum. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God. Nice. nice. All right. Let that be the only one. I should carry around like a swear jar, but instead of a swear jar, it's like a Simpsons reference jar. You might as well, you might as well just make that your main account because yeah. all your money <laughs> will just go into that jar. Oh man! It's like yeah, I bank at jar, Simpsons jar, <laughs> Simpsons jar. Throwing That stays in. I'm throwing that around like it was like, oh, I buy bank at Santander or Deutsche Bank. <laughs> no, I bank at Simpsons Jar. There you go. Bust, right. bust out your debit card, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, it's made out of graham cracker. <laughs> <laughs> There's no team called the Spoingos. No. Oh, man. Come on. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> But seriously, uh, Saturday morning uh, cinematic universe would, I think it would work. If it's written correctly, we get just the right actors. Yeah. Because I would want to do all of it live action. And is it going to be all 80s cartoons? Because we got to include like the visionaries and, um, wow, was it the visionaries? Definitely not the Ghostbusters. Not the go, go, Ghostbusters. Oh, Jesus. The go. I hated that those Ghostbusters. I was yeah. like, this isn't the real fucking Ghostbusters. But I watched it anyway because mm. it was on TV. Really? I don't, I don't know how they got away with that either. Well, that's why, you know, the real Ghostbusters are just like, we're the real ones. Yeah. Licensed but, and shit. But the other Ghostbusters had a talking Jeep. Oh, really? They I did. never, I, I always switched it off when it was like the, those it, ones. But it, it wasn't they, like. Didn't they have like a giant ape? 
They did have a yeah. giant ape as well. <laughs> Apes were big in the yeah, 80s. they were. But, um, they, <laughs> apparently, you know, they never ripped uh, uh, humans' like limbs and genitals off. They just helped you with whatever you were doing. <laughs> so... But yeah, they had a talking jeep, but it wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't fully like uh, working or maintained. So it will. It will. It would always go like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like one Dude, of those. Dude, that's gonna come out great on the show. Uh, like on the recording. Oh there, my god, that's gonna go. come out there so go. good. It's not. Um, you know, there's a license to this. So if you want to use that sound, please, you know, reach <laughs> out to us. We'll license it out to you for a nominal fee. Yes, we will. So yeah. Um, yeah, because Robots vs. Taxes also dabbles in fully editing. Um. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. So, yeah, I think I think we should get this off the ground, uh, this cinematic universe. And I think uh, Marvel, watch out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. We're, we're the house of ideas here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then again, by the time this episode comes out, Marvel will probably own all of these cartoons. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm drinking whiskey out of an ice cream dish. Hmm. I think you're starting a trend. I mean, look, <laughs> you do work in Williamsburg. You might, you might have yeah, something I know, here. Right? You know, you could start so a that whole. That guy's onto something, brah. <laughs> oh no, I've alienated eighty-five percent of the audience. Really? Yeah. You think <laughs> yeah, most of our audience is Williamsburg? Uh, yeah, it's Williamsburg. <laughs> That's something else. Mm. We got to expand out to at least Coney Island or something. Before the show started, there were there was one thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, regarding the uh, well the, we've got a we got hit with a polar vortex. Oh if man! None of, if the, the the survivors of the <laughs> polar vortex are alive to hear this, um, and it's it it was it was pretty bad. But the worst of it, uh, I think, was the fact that like there's a now refresh my memory. It's it's a jail, right? Mm-hmm. It's a correctional facility here in New York. In Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, in Brooklyn that uh, has that has intermittent power mm-hmm. and minimal heating. Yeah. So um, Sean King actually posted a chilling video of uh, people banging, like the inmates banging against the bars because um, they're being kept in inhumane conditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I- yeah, it's to me it's... Like, like, I I have to say it's one of the more um, awful feelings that I've gotten about it, mm-hmm. uh, about society at large, yeah. and the fact that I feel like this in the our current infrastructure is crumbling before our very eyes. It really is, and the transparency the transparency that's going on makes it really obvious to see what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is that's one of those things that I'm just like trying to fight myself to talk about it because I wanted to keep it light this week, but, uh, no, I, I hear you. I hear these, um, that's actually a very important thing. I mean, and to think that New York is, wasn't even hit like as bad by the polar vortex as say like the Midwest, like Chicago, like, Oh uh, man, Chicago. I just imagine like somebody trying to buy like the newspaper or like a, a Snickers bar at like one of those places outside. Mm hmm. 
and they try to hand the money over to the guy in the booth. Yeah. But that guy has had his jaw like snapped off <laughs> because he died of, uh, you know, fucking uh, frostbite. Yeah. Like, that's hours it's, ago. It's a wasteland. It's like the it's like the poster for the day after tomorrow. Oh, yes. It's just, <laughs> it's just the Statue of Liberty sticking out of a chunk of ice with her like dress over her head. You know, it's like <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Um, but. But yeah, what's happening to these uh, prisoners was just utterly inhumane. And thank goodness that Sean King, um, he's always there to just uh, point these things out. When I was on my way over here, though, I saw that uh, Bill de Blasio um, had said that he's sending state agencies over to the prison to investigate and to resolve the issue. Because he was just like, he was like, the federal government has let us down in a way that is almost unforgivable so yeah, because it's all prison lobbyists have that don't give a shit all they give a shit about is about the just bodies and cells yeah yeah know? exactly just sticking bodies and cells and mm -hmm. that's that's what that's you know that's how they make their money yeah the cycle of commerce continues mm. uh, in the united states with you know minimal uh thought to what happens to human beings um i came so I came across a story that uh, phenomenons like the polar vortex might be uh, in the future, in the near future, more of a normality than an anomaly. You know, it's like things like this happen so far um, every once in a while, you know. But this polar vortex this year has been is like brutal. When you see maps of the United States, it's just purple, like it's that just, that big purple splotch across the United States. You know. Um, yeah, I I was like, holy shit, that's that's terrible. And then I was like, geez, you know, global warming is really fucking up this, like, our planet. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I turned to the next page of, you know, the Huffington Post, and it's like, Donald Trump tweets that he doesn't believe, in, or he says he tweeted some bullshit about, like, uh, he can't wait for global warming to come back because this polar vortex... Uh, Nix's whatever, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. He said some stupid bullshit, and I was just, I, I, you know, I was, you know, uh, talking to Sabrina about it, and I just burst out laughing. I was just like, ha, 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 he doesn't know how weather works. Jesus, <laughs> it's like you do know weather and climate are two different things, right? Right? Yeah, no. Right? Oh man, twenty. Uh, the 2020 candidates are being uh, touted around and stuff. Mm -hmm. and Cory Booker's thrown his, na his name into the ring, finally. He did. Yeah. How do you feel about him? Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All there, right. there was... Uh, he, he, he was uh, the bit... Uh, I feel like... Uh, on the road to my political disillusionment, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he was uh, he was a hard branch to hit on the way down. Uh, so yeah, that's true. I because I I, I watched this uh, Sundance TV show. Me and my wife uh, we watched a Sundance TV show called Brick City. Okay, and it was all about Newark. Okay, and how he was trying like the inner workings of Newark and how he was trying to make Newark a better place by putting in poor programs, you know. Um, coordinating more with the with the police department and he seemed like a hero to mm -hmm. me and i was like yo i believe in this guy i believe in this guy yeah and then you know um a few years ago i found out he was in big pharma's pocket and then yeah. i was just like oh so he's totally for raising you know um 
the prices of medication for people who are in dire need of affordable health care. Mm. And then I was like, um, I was like Scarlet Witch. I was like, no more Cory Bookers. Oh, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it definitely does not uh, bode well for him that uh, that information that he's in the pocket of Big Pharma. However, I'm going to try and look more into that um, because I think that as politi- as a politician, there's a certain point at which you have to get dirty. And I'm not justifying what he did. I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm just saying there's almost no politician on, on the big stage who doesn't have some sort of dirt on them, dirt in their pocket, dirt in their, I don't know, cloacas. Well, uh, the- <laughs> it's, uh, I'm just going to ride that word into the ground today. Um, so because when I, when I saw him at the, um, at the Kavanaugh hearings, um, last year he he was standing up in a way in a with a boldness that still makes me admire him to a certain extent and i won't deny that yeah there are certain aspects about him that appear like um he's not a run-of-the-mill establishment democrat right mm-hmm. he actually has guts is what i'm trying to say right. but at the same time, is that guts or is that him making up for a guilty conscience? Because that's, that's a good question. Yeah, because like um, doing good things is all well. It's it's great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, it's like in Voltron when nice. Lotor- I I love that segue. <laughs> I love that segue. Go for it. It's like when Lotor is like I'm creating a new power source and like it's it, you know it's going to revolutionize the universe. That's right. And then you find out where the power source is coming from and it's <laughs> you know spoilers. <laughs> it's fucking slave labor. Um <laughs> And then but every, guys, it's clean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He was like, "You don't understand." It's like, what are you fucking nut? like? Everybody in Voltron is just like, all the paladins are like, "Are you insane? Are you goddamn out of your mind? What the fuck, dude?" And like, then he's just like, "We gotta fight." And then they have about outer space battle, and then everything's cool because uh, we hit something with the sword. That's right. <laughs> have you seen the final season of Voltron? Yes, yet? I did. Oh, oh my god. My god. Oh. Are you not destroyed? Yes. Jesus There's Christ. A Look at my face, man. I'm dead inside. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I can't believe they just did that to yeah, oh. I know. We can talk about it because it's been out for a while, right? Uh, spoilers for the new season of Voltron. Yeah. Allura, when I found out that she's... <laughs> uh, Allura! <laughs> It's like that whole that whole relationship between oh man I'm getting emotional hold on hold on <laughs> um, that whole relationship between her and uh, what's his name Vance uh, is it Vance is it Vance Lance Lance <laughs> Lance Vance Lance um, the only Cuban on the show which was really cool to find out um, I'm, I'm just glad they gave ethnicities and yeah. genders out you know like Hunka Samoan Lance yeah. is Cuban. Um, 
And what's her, what's her pitch? Is Italian? And I'm like, when did that happen? Because her last name is Holt. It, Italian, but does not uh, conform to uh, typ- gender. Yeah. Typ- typical gender roles yeah. or identities. Like, you know. It's fucking dope. That was dope as hell. Yeah. Was it not meta as fuck in that first episode when <laughs> Pidge was watching the old Voltron cartoon? It blew my mind. I was, she's like, she's like, I don't even sound like that. <laughs> and then she did an impersonation of that later yeah. in the episode as she dressed in like old school. It was like, it was like DLC, but yeah. for the show. Cause was... she dressed, I was like, oh, <laughs> so, oh my God. We've definitely gone off the rails again. <laughs> but yes. Um, but yeah, the relationship between Alora and uh, Lance. Yes. That was one of the more touching aspects of the show. And shattering when we had to all say goodbye to Alora. Um, and that was devastating. And I, the stakes were so raised that I was like, "It's a, this, there's no way they can win. <laughs> <laughs> at, at some point. Because it was just like... Uh, because uh, Hagar, uh, the witch, was shattering um, realities. All re- all realities. It was down to like this last sliver one, of a tendril, one, like yeah. this one sliver of universe. Yeah, but I love how they made it more complex. It's like as crazy as she was and what she was doing, they still uh, humanized her in a way because like she lost her family. Yeah, you know, it's like. It's like, I feel like her and uh, Kingpin from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse need to get together. Oh, yeah, To yeah, talk yeah. about their problems. Because yeah. they both essentially had the, the same plot. Yeah, and now we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we know how Hagar likes her men big. Yeah, per- yeah. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> He's just walls She's of men. She's a size queen. <laughs> she, literally. Literally. Oh, man. And, and that uh, super ultra mega Voltron that they had to form in order to like. And even then it was like not enough. <laughs> it's like you're fighting in essentially like one of the twin towers and it's still not enough. So that that again, that points to the whole thing of like how I feel like Cory Booker is corrupt. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And that's where I'm wrapping up that point. And I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are. Robots, Robots versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah! <laughs> you see, we like to tie everything together. <laughs> we do. With nuance on this show. Oh. God, you with fucking Kid Icarus, man. I pit. Hey, listen, I uh, I was not prepared for the ass kicking that i was going to deliver to you <laughs> before the show my goodness uh pablo favorite go-to character who, who's he's who's pretty dev- devastating with is uh, uh mr game and watch which is uh surprisingly the only blackface character within super smash brothers <laughs> you think that's blackface I'm, I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding He's like, like if you Scooby Doo the whole thing, and it's like you pull off the the head of Mr. Gamwatch, you find Ben Shapiro. Oh, oh my god! I knew it was you, Ben Shapiro. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't you for you fucking social justice warriors. <laughs> Shit! Wow! Wow! So yeah, uh, 
But speaking of Scooby-Doo memes, uh, Instagram has been taken over, or at least starting to get taken uh, over, with calls for... Motherfuck! Fucking Shaggy from... Uh, I don't understand what is up with the world apparently today. Apparently, he's the most powerful character that's ever been created in the history of everything. Why? Why did, Why is that a thing? Why? I don't, I don't understand it. it why? Just, it just is. Because it's on Instagram, that's why. This is fucking garbage. You know, this is <laughs> this is how they take away our freedoms. <laughs> like, this is all the smokescreen text. It's like, what's happening in Yemen? What's happening in Syria? <laughs> I have to know because this shaggy meme is inexplicable. Well, it's... It's, it's indecipherable. <laughs> it's our reality now. We just have to come to accept it. There's even a petition to have him included as a DLC in Mortal Kombat 11. There's also an, a petition to get him included in fucking Super Smash Brothers. Hey, listen. I think I think his time has come. What? I mean, what? What do you what do you even has the whole world gone crazy? <laughs> Look. My the only one who gives a shit about the rules. We've never questioned what were what was in those Scooby snacks and now we know. Oh, it's heroin. <laughs> it's pure pure heroin so did shaggy also eat scooby snacks probably probably he was high as fuck whatever was crunchy and nearby yeah, he know, was gonna right? be like, hey scoop yeah mind if i get one of those <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile the other members the other members of the scooby crew are just like he is always talking to that fucking dog like the dog is talking to him He's your friend. Yeah, uh, he, he always brings the good shit. We can't, and plus we can't we, we can't kick him out now. He, he's got a knife. Because <laughs> none of them are armed. <laughs> They're detectives, and none of them are armed. Well, that's true. Somehow they managed to come out of everything, you know, without being stabbed. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Scooby is like secretly rabid, and they they just keep him under control. With those Scooby snacks until they find like the main villain, and then they just like start to like wean him off it. And Scooby's just like, <laughs> oh god, all right, all right. The sound effects from you today hey. are out of this world. Um, let me tell you, it's sensational, really. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, all I thought was like the entire show, the entire concept of um, you know uh, Scooby Doo and the Mystery Machine, whatever. Is uh, is because there was a, a carbon monoxide leak <laughs> in a hippie van, and this is the last. I like the whole show is just like oh my god, it's like god. staying elsewhere, where the entire show just exists in Shaggy's mind. That's so sad. <laughs> that is so sad. But the, I bet that will become like the new internet like rumor. I hope so. Started by you. There are going to be YouTube videos about yeah. this. You know it's just uh, the whole thing where it's like Shaggy's only using 10% of his power man I'm just like I don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why this is a thing hey man Shaggy is the hero that <laughs> don't don't do <laughs> that we need no <laughs> So I saw Bumblebee last week. <laughs> I gotta say, best Transformers movie to come out so far. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Which goes to show how low the bar was with the other Transformers movies that came out. Speaking of lighthearted 
you know, f- fair uh, in entertainment. Have you seen the Ted Bundy tapes? I did. You did? I did. Hilarious. <laughs> I got to say, nonstop chuckles from beginning to end. That guy uh, missed his calling <laughs> as... All right, let me uh, let me no, just serious no. the fuck up. Yeah, come on. This guy, wow, bag of cats. Yeah, no, uh, uh, and and it's interesting to see how he's um, how he's being portrayed in society at large. Oh yeah, because Netflix had to release a statement saying like, hey, you know, uh, like it, it's fun to lust after people, but you know, there's definitely uh, hundreds upon thousands of. Um, characters on our streaming service <laughs> where you can lust after them safely and not uh you know glamorize a serial killer yeah <laughs> jesus so Christ. let's try not to do that they really said that yeah holy yeah. shit <laughs> so uh well i mean essentially the, the entirety of the first two episodes were just like you know you know, but you know, handsome guy, handsome, handsome guy, smart, smart, you know, handsome guy. Went to college, was going places. Blue and then, eyes, you know, like the like the first, like you look into his eyes, it's like the first time you heard the Beatles sing. Yeah, you know? it's like people were just fucking fawning over him. It's just like he murdered people. Also, he looks insane. It, like, yes. I, don't, I don't understand what like like people's even you know even Sabrina was just like. Uh, like, I don't see what's so special about him. He just looks like a nondescript white guy. He's the asshole that we've all worked with. Yes. Like, you and I have literally worked with this guy. Yes, it just, we have. It just, <laughs> it just so happened he didn't become a serial killer yeah. that we know of. That him. we know of. He just went off and started a family, mm-hmm. you know. But if that, hadn't, if that hadn't happened, I'm pretty sure, Yeah. you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you about that in comparison to the whole R. Kelly thing. Mm, mm. But there's a stark difference between, um, well, obviously there's a, there's one like huge difference is one is a killer and one is just a pedophile. Mm. Um, but it's black and white. (laughs) See what uh, I did there? Uh, in terms of how (laughs) both personalities are treated with some parallels, um, in, in in Ted Bundy's case, it seems like society at large seemed like it was treating him like he was the anomaly. It's just like that's why they kept playing up the whole, oh, he's handsome, smart, this and that and the other. If only there was something different, he could have had a bright future, da, da, da. But he went down this way, you know, even the judge uh, at the end, like in the last episode, uh, started uh, well, the, yeah, 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 fawning, fawning over, over yes. him. He's just oh like, you know, God. he's just like, Mr. Bundy, I just want to let you know that I have no ill will toward you. Yeah. And had the, and had circumstances been different, you could have had a bright, it's just like, you could have served in my court any day. Exactly. Like, he's a fucking serial killer. He murdered women and just, and just discarded them. And it, there was there was all right. So I haven't seen the final episode of it, so I'm kind of hypocritical in the fact that like I was just like, hey, you should watch the whole thing. Yeah, you fucking badgered me like for two weeks. You were just like, as a matter of fact, the last text you sent me, I think it was like on Wednesday. You practically ordered me to watch this show. I was like, oh, all right, I guess I'm watching this. Sorry, then. no, I mean. There were like consequences. You should should know at this point that I'm a terrible texter and I'm a horrible phone call. Like, I'm a horrible phone call. 
I'm just bad at communicating via technology. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a face-to-face guy. And even then, I'm like, eh. uh, You know, God help you if you mispronounce something. He'll look down his nose at you. So, okay. So, all right. So, uh, I I saw up until that the penultimate episode, right? Mm. And I was thinking to myself, um, this is it, it, it to me. It's such it speaks both these things. R. Kelly and um, Ted Bundy, their do- their respective documentaries show something to me like very glaring to me, which is um, male privilege. Mm. Because you can divide one up, you can divide them up into subsections. Obviously, Ted Bundy is white male privilege. Yep, and um, uh, and almost with it in a mirror, mm-hmm. it's like the mirror aspect of that is like uh, not only that R. Kelly is a celebrity, mm-hmm. uh, and that affords celebrity privilege. Sure, but um, because this is a um. This is a, a country that prioritizes white male privilege. They don't care what happens to the black community. Mm-hmm. So people like R. Kelly are allowed to roam free yeah. and do injustice. For sure. Um, if R. Kelly had been doing what he did to young white girls. Oh, it, 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 you know, he would have been in jail. Thirty. They would have buried him underneath the jail. He would have jail. been in that jail that they, uh, if you didn't sign the uh, Sokovia Accords. <laughs> the, the raft? The raft. They would have put him there. And then just. I was going to say the Phantom Zone, but the raft is pretty intense. And then just push that into the Antarctic. Like, he would have been, nobody would have seen him ever again. Holy shit. Man. That would have been an awkward, like, uh, deleted scene on the Civil War DVD. Oh, my God. (laughs) Even Captain America is just like, I'm not fucking with this guy, man. (laughs) Fuck him. Like, you hear, he opens like he's, as he's free. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. As he's he's freeing, like, Ant-Man and Falcon. He opens the door and it leads to, like, a corridor. And all he can hear, like, down the hole is, like, Step in the name of love. Step in the name. Oh, he's just like, oh, nope, nope, that's wrong door. Slam. Oh. I don't need him for the secret Avengers. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, shit. That might be the best analogy yet. God. I think we topped ourselves. God damn. God damn. But yeah, no, that celebrity privilege is a motherfucker because R. Kelly even still has a lot of supporters on his side. Disp- it actually made his uh, his catalog spike on Spotify. Yeah, of course. Yeah, when it came out, it was just like which God. which it it, it all, that always happens. Mind boggling. Yeah. With um, what's his what's his name? Chris. Uh, now his name escapes me. Chris Brown. Thank you. From, From the producer's booth with the assist. <laughs> yes. Um, so there was Chris Brown. Uh, and, yeah, I, like, I don't understand these celebrities whose, uh, who's cele- like, their catalog spikes mm-hmm. whenever 
like legal action or sh- sketchy details about their lord life mm-hmm. pops up in the in the in the you know in the popular populist view mm-hmm. the population view i don't know how to use that words today <laughs> i should stop drinking is what it is so uh, <laughs> i don't know if that's going to happen to michael jackson because apparently like there's a documentary that's about to be released about his life that's going to be <sighs> devastating well, apparently i think you mentioned this last episode that at the screening at sundance for this uh, documentary they actually had to have counselors in the lobby because it seemed like some of the content yikes. was so disturbing yikes so geez which yeah. i think was probably it's probably being played up because um they saw the uh the ratings for the r kelly documentary and they are looking to get in on that action i think well, the creators you, do you think so or do you so think- i i think that was dropped as a line to sort of play it up so people were just like holy shit this is going to be you know this is going to be the thing to watch the next thing to watch i mean Maybe they had like one counselor there or something like that, or I don't know. Or they did have to counsel like some because I feel like there were like survivors of um, of abuse that were counseled mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. I'm not sure if that was the situation, but either way, I, in either case, the 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 source material is triggering. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's not far fetched to me that something like that can like you know people needing to to get therapy or have like, you know, emotional support at the ready. It's not far fetched that that happens. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, but with regards to like the Ted Bundy and R Kelly stuff, the, the problem that I find with those two documentaries, you know, circling back to that is that like, they're saying that the document, like, especially in the case of Ted Bundy, that they're glamorizing, the the serial this guy the serial killer oh for sure i mean that's not even anything new like that's what we do at the very um, i can only speak for this country we've glamorized serial killers for so long that um even making up fictional ones like uh, hannibal lecter patrick um, bateman yeah and, and taking it to an extreme level it's like that there there's something that we place on serial killers uh we admire their methods, uh, their seemingly uh, high intelligence. Um, but I also feel like there is a cross section between our admiration of that genre and the the main population that makes up serial killers. Most serial killers are white. And the way white males are viewed in this country and have been viewed historically is like they are the, uh, they're at the top of the pyramid. So obviously we have to extend some level of almost super villainy to them where we both we yeah we hate them but we also kind of admire them you know it's like there there's a weird sick duality to i don't it. i don't know if uh, because i definitely fall into the category of, like I, i'm definitely guilty of falling into the category of being uh like uh i would i would say fascinated mm-hmm. i was uh, there was a one point where i was uh, just fascinated Mm -hmm. with the minds of serial killers because to me they reflected um you know back in my i didn't like my uh my optimistic and uh, like idealistic past Mm -hmm. where concepts like uh white male privilege um 
didn't ex- like weren't at the forefront of yeah. my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, they like these serial killers represented to me like ghost stories, but that existed in real life. Mm. You know, um, they were they. It was like all these the stories of these these serial killers like Ed Gein and you know uh, Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, Ted Bundy and John Wayne Gacy. Um, all these names to me were were screaming out something to me about society at large, and I couldn't put my finger on it up until like the concept of like white male privilege started like really coming out of like the sea of phrases in American vernacular. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I was just like, oh, these people were able to get away with killing like because they had a this kind of like crazy sociopathic illness um they were able to get away with it because uh people would never suspect you know uh the guy the white guy who dresses up like a clown and you know probably abuses his family but Mm. oh that's that's his business you Mm. know (laughs) and it's like and if he were you know if he were like a person of color you know again they would bury him away in in the raft yeah pretty much you know um but because they they existed at a certain time period where uh the spotlight was not on um the caucasian or white people mm-hmm. uh they were able to get away with as like as much as possible oh yeah yeah and, and to its to a certain extent it's just something that's been extended to uh, white men throughout the history of this country they can do uh, pretty much the most horrible things that any population does and somehow not receive the most extreme uh, consequences that is reserved for those of us categorized as other I mean there are li- there were literally slave owners who were compensated monetarily for the loss of their slaves after the Emancipation Proclamation can you imagine that shit it's just like oh we're you know, we're so sorry we had to take away your slaves. We, we're so sorry that we had to end your basically human rights violations. Here's money. Like, yeah, like that's that's the that's the fabric of this country. Yeah. You know? And and it's because of that attitude that that like uh, bad behavior, to put it lightly, mm-hmm. was allowed to go like unnoticed for years. Yep. And, um, again, like how, like a guy like Ted Bundy, um, is kind of, uh, glamorized, like the Joker is glamorized. They're just like, oh, he's just like a supervillain. Absolutely. And it's like, no, he's a fucking serial killer. Like, stop doing that. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, that, that whole thread of thinking extends penultimately to who we have in the White House now. Yeah. It's like, always make... We're not comparing him to Ted Bundy, but... I'm comparing him. I'm comparing him in the sense of the pathology of we look past very blatant negative behavior and ascribe um, some sort of uh, some sort of characteristic that has been idealized but does not exist. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And Shit. And, yeah. and and somehow that makes it okay. Uh, uh, and. It's not as simple as that. There were other factors that played into it. For example, the the preceding administration doing something to white hegemony in this country that got them on edge, that primed them for the coming 
of uh, Motherfucker 45. Yeah. I honestly believe, um, have, had we had maybe McCain or Mitt Romney um, in those prior administrations, I don't think a person like Donald Trump would have been able to win the presidency because the country would not have been, uh, psychologically speaking, in that place. W when I say the country, I'm talking about the white part of the country. Right, so. right. But it, I, I don't know if I, I if I completely agree with you because I actually think that Donald Trump had like I feel like there have been other podcasts that have approached this similar t subject where it's just like he he he's a symptom of something that's been long overdue, mm. or he's the the end game or cause of something that has been happening to the United States for very for a very long time, which is like um it there is a you know, a white bigoted, and that's who we reference mm -hmm. all, all the time on the show, just to clear up any kind of like, you know, negative connotations. We're not speaking to all white people. We're, we're speaking to the white bigots who seem to speak the loudest out of your fucking community, you know? I'm going to amend that after you're done with your okay, point. Okay, cool. Um, good, because I feel like that was a, I know that was a, a miss, I know that was, I must, I misspoke there. No, not um, at all. Not at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, he's definitely the end to the means of uh, something that's been going on with this country for a long time, which is like uh, we let Ted Bundy types go because um, they represent uh, a certain ideal that we can't quite place mm -hmm. in our culture. And Donald Trump is also another cause of that. It's mm. like uh, because he is... Uh, he's a quote-unquote self-made billionaire who, <laughs> you know, happens to be white and he happens to speak to a population that they're just like, uh, that have been kind of uh, fed on um, reality TV <laughs> and the idea of uh, white male misogyny, mm -hmm. let's say that. So, whew, yeah. you could amend my... No, no. I'm, I, <laughs> Don't I, keep me in suspense. No, <laughs> I wasn't going to amend what you said. I was going to amend what I said. Oh, like, okay, okay. Like when I when I speak about white hegemony, I'm definitely speaking to the uh, white bigoted uh, population. I think that goes without saying. But I'm not just speaking to that population. I'm talking. I'm also talking to the nice white people as well. Yeah. I'm talking about to you guys who, you know, have that quote unquote racist uncle because it seemed like every family has a racist uncle that you don't speak against or that coworker or that boss or this that and the other when you think that um fighting racism is a passive act i'm also speaking to that to, okay. to that population yes. as well because by treating it that way you allow it to propagate okay. you know not i'm not pointing the finger per se i'm just saying that it when you wonder why these things keep happening you know in terms of your your part in it that has something to do with it so yeah uh we gotta wrap it up let's wrap it up yeah wrap it up wow this this episode was all over the place but i feel i think it was dope yeah i think it was cool too and if all anybody right. feels differently then uh write us a review yeah. on itunes um please say or, something <laughs> or uh send us an email yeah. Uh, we're at robots versus taxes at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, and uh, that's versus with a VS. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not we're not Zack Snydering anything. It's robots <laughs> VS <laughs> taxes 
at gmail.com. That's right. So, uh, yeah, tell us how you feel. Uh, and I feel like we're opening a can of worms there. So, uh, also follow us on all social media and write us a review on iTunes. So, did you already say that? No. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> we can't say it enough. So, uh, from both of us here, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots vs. Taxes. Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. <laughs>